song for you guys today. You can stand up and worship with us. We have a new song for you today. Quiet. 
our strength. God started speaking to me early this week. I love it when he gives it early about the scripture that I'm going to read. And I just believe that God wants to break some people out. You know, it talks about Samuel. There was a long war between the house of David and the house of Saul. But David waxed. He grew stronger and stronger. But Saul grew weaker and weaker. I feel like some of us have been in long wars. I don't know about you, but I've been in some long wars. I've been in some wars where the enemy's telling me I'm not going to have victory. I've been in some wars where the enemy's telling me I'm not going to win. I've been in some long wars, but I'm trusting God because He is our strength. Amen? Hebrews 12 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. This is what God was showing me. There's joy that is set before us. There's joy that's set before us, like it was set before Jesus, amen? So part of that word for joy is to be appointed or to be destined. There's a destiny of joy before us, but we gotta get to it. So whenever the enemy tries to put something in between us, we just got to keep going for our joy. We got to shove the things out of the way that are trying to keep us from our joy. Because joy's over here, and joy is saying, come a little bit closer. Joy's saying, don't give up. Joy's saying, I got strength to give you. So we just got to keep moving toward our joy. I feel like God's saying there's some joy that he wants to release in the house today. When I saw that Micah was doing this song, I was like, God, you know what you're doing. You always know what you're doing because the word says by two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And when God's telling you something twice, he's going to do something. There's some breakout, there's some breakthrough, there's some breaking off that God wants to do in this house today. And we just got to receive it.
God for praise. Tell him he's worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be praised.
filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power.
on can you lift up holy hands can you stay in an attitude of worship and praise in the house this morning hallelujah his goodness is there listen I want you to hear the word of the Lord today I, I was sitting there and I was thinking about singing this song the goodness of God but look at this I I read this yesterday at a funeral but I'm it, it I'm gonna it bears to to be reread today look at this Psalms 23 this is what David says. Look at this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many, how many know that God is the good shepherd? He has your best interest at heart. He knows what's good for you. Look at this. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Something about laying down in green pastures and being led by still waters. Let me tell you, when you can lay down in a green pasture and you're a sheep, you know the shepherd's got your back. Look at this. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Look at this. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now look at this. Verse, verse 6 right here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever come on can you give jesus a hand clap of praise can we sing that again your goodness, your goodness is come on out. sing it out, it's out sing it out Lord, your goodness, Lord, it's running after, it's running after. Come on, can you lift your hands and sing it again? Come on, your goodness, Lord, your goodness. Your goodness is running after. It's coming, yeah. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. My life laid down, surrender now. I give everything. Your goodness, Lord. Come on, if you believe that, come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Can you lift your voice? 
Lift your voice with the voice of triumph and begin to give him praise. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do. God, we praise you in advance. Come on, how many would say today, hey, pastor, I have a need. I have a need. I, I, I know someone that's sick, or I'm sick in body, or I know somebody who needs a breakthrough in their marriage, or I know somebody who needs a breakthrough on their job. Will you just lift your hands? Listen, this is what I love about God. His goodness and his mercy shall follow me. No matter what your situation looks like, no matter how impossible it seems, his goodness and his mercy it will follow you. And knowing that, Lord, we come before you today. Lord, we, we ask you, Lord, to touch every need, that, every hand that was lifted, God, every situation. I don't have to know what every situation is because you do. And God, I pray right now for those who need healing in their body. Healing virtue would begin to flow right where they're at right now. Maybe they're not here in this house. Maybe they're in a hospital room right now. Will the Holy Spirit just begin to move in that room and touch? God, those who are dealing with issues, Lord, of their mind, I pray right now for strength and restoration of their mind. Lord, those who are dealing with maybe guilt, God, I pray, Lord, the joy of their salvation, God, would be given back to them. Today, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to touch each and every need. Those who are dealing with bondages, I pray right now, by the blood of Jesus Christ, be broken. Be broken right now. God, those who are struggling with direction, God, I pray, Lord, that you would order their steps. God, that you would make paths straight, Lord, that they need to go. God, we thank you. Lord, we honor you. God, we praise you. You've been so good. God, you've been so good. God, I may not have the answer right now, but Lord, I'm going to praise you anyways because the answer's coming. Come on, can you love on him today? Can you lift your voice, lift your hands? I know, Pastor, you tell us to lift our hands a lot. You know what? If I didn't, some of you wouldn't ever lift your hands. We worship you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, in this house, God, your spirit is here, Lord, and we know, Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The captive is set free. We honor you, Jesus, today. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. worship him. Come on, church, worship him. Lift up your voice. We have an agenda today, but I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Spirit has an agenda. We're just going to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this house. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. 
we worship you, Jesus. you in here, Lord. Holy Spirit, dwell in this place. Lord, dwell in our hearts. Saturate us with your presence today, God. I just want to say this, and, and you can be seated if you want. We are coming into a season There's a fresh anointing that's being outpoured. And as, as your pastor, let, let me just tell you, we're, we're about to go into a season, a season that we start tomorrow of fasting and praying. And I didn't tell you what you need to fast because I don't feel like that's my place. I feel like that's between you and the Lord. I ask you to seek your heart. I don't think everyone needs to know whatever you're fasting. That's between you and God. I think that's important. Over the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, leading up to the 23rd of May, 21 days, 23rd of May is Pentecost Sunday. I love, we went through the Easter season and Good Friday what Jesus did on the cross. It always hits me right in the heart because I'm not worthy of what he did on the cross. And what he did three days later, raising out of the grave, defeating death. He defeated everything that you could ever face that day. But it didn't end there. Jesus would be with his disciples and then 40 days after after his, after, you know, th there he would be with his disciples, and then from there he would talk to his disciples, and he told them that he would send a comforter. And listen, sometimes we stop with the Easter story, but let me tell you, the story keeps going because God just keeps moving, and he keeps moving, and he keeps changing, and he keeps transforming. And, and, and we just want God. Let me tell you something, as your pastor, you know what I want? You know what I want more than anything? Just the move of God. I could sit up here and I could preach for hours and hours and hours and put you guys to sleep. But it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's, it's nothing that I say. 
And I know that, and I'm wise enough to know that, but I believe that we're in this season that we're about to break through, and I believe that it's kind of like a, a, a dam, and there's a crack, and there's bits of water that are coming through. And I believe after this 21 days that God is going to show up and do something amazing. And I believe it's going to be done in your life. I believe it's going to be done in your family's life. I believe it's going to be done in our churches, in our church. I believe it's going to be done in our community. I believe it's going to be done in our community. I believe that God's presence is going to be known. And my goal, you know what my goal is? Not to be selfish and not for notoriety, but to make Jesus' name famous. Amen. And that's my heart's cry today. So I don't know if you've prayed about that, but I ask you to pray about that today. Let the Lord show you. I sat down in prayer and I said, God, what, what should I give up? And I thought about some things, and the Holy Spirit directed me to something, and I was like, okay. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No. And listen, if you're going to fast, don't just skip meals and not pray. That's called a diet. We're not intermittent fasting. We're fasting for a breakthrough. So... In this time, I just want to encourage you, and that's going to start, and I, I, you'll, you'll hear more about that, but I, I thought you might want to hear that from your pastor. That starting tomorrow, if you look on our social media, or if you're uh, uh, signed up for our newsletter, every day we're going to be sending something out. We're going to be sending out uh, some Bible verses and some, and some prayers. And then, this is, I like this. Last week, no plan of action. I did. The Holy Spirit said, hey, start opening the church on Monday night for prayer. I did not have a plan. Sula didn't have a clue what I was. Tristan, staff, nobody knew that. I just said, okay, God, so tomorrow night, starting tomorrow night, from 6 to 8, we're going to open up this church. Say, what does that mean, Pastor? What are we going to be doing? We're going to come in here, and we're going to just pray together corporately. We're going to come into agreement as a body. And whatever you're praying for, whatever you need to break through in your life, I believe God's going to meet that need. And whatever our church, where we're going, we're going to ask God to lead and direct us how he sees fit. Say, hey, well, maybe I have something scheduled. Let me tell you something. We put a priority on a lot of things in our lives, and oftentimes prayer is the back seat to the back seat. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Say, what does that look like? Do I have to come here and pray for two hours? No. But you ought to come for an extended a time, amount of time that you can and just seek the Lord with all your heart. Just begin to say, hey, God, I want to know you more. Can I tell you something? I've been saved a long time, and I've experienced God's presence. And the more I experience God's presence... The more I want to know him. The more I get into his presence, the more I realize I need him. So that's what we're going to do. And I tell you what, how many believe that God is going to reveal some things to us? God is going to give us breakthrough. And I believe that the heavens are going to open I wasn't going to share this, but 
I received a, a prophetic word, and I don't want to go into all details of it, but someone sent me a prophetic word that I was not expecting. And, and, and I'll give you just the, the overview of what this prophetic word was, but the Lord spoke through this person to speak to me and just said, listen, prodigals are about to come home. Some of you have been praying for your kids. They're about to come. Some of you have been praying for your parents. They're about to come because God is doing something new. The Holy Spirit's moving in this land. Whether you realize it or don't realize it, God's about to do something that he's never done before. Now listen, the word of warning in this prophecy was position yourself to be like the father of the prodigal. You know what the father did when he saw the prodigal? He, he, he saw him from afar and he ran to him. And he grabbed him. The Bible says that he put a robe on him. He says, you know what? Get these dirty clothes off. You are my child. He put a ring on his finger. You belong to me. You know what? We're going to throw a party. And, that's, and they threw a party. But look at this. But the word of warning was this. Position yourself to be the father and not the other brother. And I believe, I believe if we do that as, as people and say, hey, come, come, come on. Open our arms and say, hey, God's got better for you. We love you. We're going to walk through this season with you. We're going to get you. They may be strung out on drugs coming in here. And I say, praise God. I believe they'll come in one way and leave another. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will do the work that the Holy Spirit needs to do. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you, do you feel that in your heart? Come on and give Jesus one more hand clap of praise. I want to say if you're a guest with us today, it is an honor to have you here. It's our privilege to have you in the house today. And maybe you're, you're new here and you've not experienced a service like this. What you're feeling in your heart is the Holy Spirit. Say, I don't know. I just, I just feel something. I don't know what it is. Can I tell you it's the Holy Spirit? And, and honestly, He loves you. And so I, I just want to say that. But if you're a guest with us today, I, I want to welcome you. I pray that you feel welcomed. I pray that you feel at home. I pray that when you walk through the doors or when you pull on the parking lot that that you just felt the presence of God and that you feel like you're here. And let me tell you something about our church. This is how we operate. You're just family. You're just family here. When you walk in the doors, you're automatically in the family. And so if you're a guest with us, we just want to say welcome. And so can we give all of our guests a welcome, those watching online as well today. I'm going to get straight into the word and I've been a little bit all over the place with this word and I said last week that I was going to talk about the Holy Spirit I want to read this this is not my text today but I want to read this out of Acts first chapter Verse 4 says this, 
This is not, this is not what I'm preaching on, but I want you to, to I'm going to read this, and I want you to put it in the back of your mind, okay? Put it in the back of your mind. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that's Jesus speaking, and John baptized with water. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, isn't it like us to worry about temporal things and worry about things of this world? They're, they're more concerned about the nation of Israel coming back. And Jesus says this, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Can I just say this? If you're in a season and you're not sure what to do, sometimes it's not us knowing. It's sometimes it's God's timing and God's placement. But you shall receive, look at this, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So that's Jesus speaking there, giving a, a promise of the Holy Spirit. I want you to just put that in the back of your mind and say, okay, I'll do my best with that, Pastor, and try to try to keep that back there. And uh, I want to talk to you today. I'm going to shift gears here. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Galatians chapter 5. There's a, a, a million ways I could have went. I thought about going and talking about Holy Spirit, I read that just so you could get a, a reference of why, what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Jesus said he would send a comforter, and he sent a comforter in the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you today about walking in the Spirit. Everyone say walking in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. I, I, how many of I love the book of Galatians. Anybody else? It's a challenging book. I like it. And uh, there's a lot in this fifth chapter that we could go over concerning the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to start in verse 25. Right before this, verse 22 through 24, it gives the, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, all those, patience, long-suffering. Um, but verse 25 says this. Will you do this with me? Will you read it with me? If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's read it again. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, it changes us. It moves us. God, I pray today, Lord, that we would receive receive this word today. God, I pray, Lord, that a light would be shown over our lives, that things would be revealed. God, that lives would be changed forever and ever. God, use me how you see fit today, God. I am your vessel. I am nothing without you. So, God, you 
take the steering wheel. Lord, use me. God, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on and just, will you just give Jesus another hand clap of praise? I, I'm just. I want to talk to you about walking in the spirit. And uh, how many is in your life you've ever felt like your life was just kind of mundane? And like it was the same thing over and over and over. I remember when I was in high school, I would, I would get up like 10 minutes before school started, no lie, and uh, roll out of bed, grab a Mountain Dew, go to first period, go to second period, go to third period, fourth period, lunch, my favorite subject. Then out of there, I would go to fifth, sixth, seventh period, depending on what time of the year it was, I'd go to practice, come home eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Then I'd get up the next day, 10 minutes before school started, roll out of bed, grab a Mountain Dew, go to first period, second period, third period. Anybody know what I'm talking about, where you just felt like you just kept doing the same thing over and over? And it's been said that the problem with life is that it's, it's so daily. Sometimes it's just the same thing over and over and over, and many of you are like, oh, man, I feel that in my heart. And many people find their life mundane and predictable or unexciting. And I think that's why we oftentimes run to people on social media when people are posting stuff of where they're at. And we're like, and we wish we could be them or be where they're at, you know, and all those good things. And, and we're, but, you know, sometimes life is like a merry-go-round with, without the merry. You just feel like you're just going around, going around, going around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, an, an entomologist, Edward Watkins, he did a study uh, on the processional caterpillars. Has anybody ever heard of this study? This, was, this amazed me. Um, but he took a pot, and in this pot, in the middle of this pot, he put like a plant or a succulent or something that caterpillars would love to eat on. Some of you are like, caterpillars love to eat on my plants right now, right? But, and he took this pot and he put this plant in the middle and he took these processional caterpillars and what he did was he put them on the edge of the pot one by one and he just put a line where they, where they filled the whole rim of the pot. And it's, this is amazing to me because these processional caterpillars, without a leader, without a purpose, they begin to just walk around the rim of this pot over and over and over and over one following the other, just watching the other one's backside, just kept going and going, and they were going around and round and round, and they did that for an hour, and then they did that for a day. They ended up doing that for a week until they finally starved to death. It's amazing to me that in life, sometimes we get in ruts and situations, and in the middle, we're so busy doing what we're doing that in the middle we just turn our perspective loud say God help me to see perspective there's there's life sometimes and these caterpillars there was food and there was substance and there was life right there but they were so busy doing what they do going around going around how many has ever felt like your life was like that all right and as believers we don't just I could say this we don't just need movement we need movement with purpose 
we don't just need movement in our lives, but we need movement with purpose. And, and we establish that purpose when we know what God is telling us and what God is speaking to us. There's a lot of churches that are moving but are dry and dead. All right. That was quiet, but that's all right. You're listening. Um, we need to follow the Spirit's leading, not the culture, not church trends. And a, a church without the Spirit's leading, it, it can often seem dry. And life as Christians, they're not supposed to be dry and boring. It's just not supposed to be that way. We should be the happiest people in the world. We should be excited about everything. When God does something, we should be like, that's cool. You messed up my world, Lord. Thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm so glad. Sula, without even realizing it, she came to me today. She said, Pastor, I feel like I need to give this word one song earlier. And I said, mess us up today. Because I, I don't want to... The thing about the Lord, He's unpredictable sometimes. He's very reliable, okay? Don't, don't, don't mistake those things. But sometimes that, in that reliability, He says, I'm going to do it this way because I can. I'm sovereign. Amen. And a, a spirit-filled life is not boring. It's not mundane. And Paul says this at the beginning of this verse. He says, if, if we live, but it could be more properly translated to since since we live in the Spirit, okay? Look in our scripture. He says, if we live by the Spirit, but it, it, some of your newer translations may say, since we live by the Spirit. And I would say, well, what's the significance there? And I say this, okay? An example of that would be is this. If we are all hungry, let's eat. All right? If we are all hungry, let's eat. Everybody agree with that? All right. Let's take that if out and say, since we are all hungry, let's eat. Still makes sense, right? Different sense, not S-I, all right? Still makes sense. So since we are hungry, let's all eat. So walking in the Spirit should be exciting, should be interesting, should be wonderful, should be a great way to live. And it's the direct opposite of routine and drudgery and predictability. I want to look at some people in scripture in the New Testament that that walked by the Spirit. I, just real fast here. And I don't want to I don't want to tarry long. I'm gonna give you a first example here was the Apostle Paul. And you, you heard me talk about the Apostle Paul. Uh, go, we're going through Philippians on, on Bible study night on Wednesday night. And I tell you what, it's just been challenging to me. And you guys say some of you say, well we really enjoy it. It's just as challenging to me as it is to you because when I dig into the Word of God, it challenged me. And, and I talked about this and how Paul was on a second missionary journey, and he's going to Asia, and there he meets Silas and Timothy, and, and they're, they're trying to go in Asia and move about Asia and, and figure out to go see churches and to, to be there, churches that had been planted, and to, to give them a word and encouragement. And the scripture tells us that everywhere he went, the Lord stopped him and wouldn't let him go. And I mentioned this in our, in our Bible study. Psalms 37, 23 says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. But I need you to understand something. Sometimes those steps are stops. The stops of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord also. So what does that mean? So we always think the steps of a righteous man are ordered, that we're always in some kind of movement. But sometimes God says, no. And that's just as much God as God saying, take the next step. 
Okay, something we just need to understand, and I, 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 I want to say that, and, look, and Paul's a great example of that. So Paul is there, and he's attempting uh, to go to this place that looks like, it looks like, it's almost like I'm clearing phlegm out of my throat, Phrygia, and Galatia, and when he wants to go there, God says, nope, can't go there, don't go there, and he stops him. And what I love about Paul is he's obedient to the Lord. Oftentimes, I don't know about you, when I don't get my way, me and the Lord butt heads. I'll show you, I'll get there somehow. God's throwing up roadblocks. And our steps are ordered of the Lord. And I believe that our stops are ordered of the Lord. And sometimes we want it so bad. And the Spirit of God is saying, nope. And he's shutting the door. And there we are sitting there. And this is us. Come on. Come on. And God's like, you don't know what's behind that door. I've got something greater. And look at this. So Paul, he finds himself. He finds himself is back to the sea there. And while he's there, the Macedonian man appears to him in a vision. And he says, hey, come over here. We need you here in Macedonia. Where's Macedonia? That's, that's in Greece. That's in, in, in southern Europe. So, so there he is in Asia. And so this man comes to him and he has this vision and he responds and guess what? He goes to where this man is. And, and this is where it's Philippi, which is, which is crazy. It's the city of Philippi. When he gets there, remember he saw a man, the Macedonian man, who told him to come over here. We need you. And when he gets there, he goes to, to the river where women are praying. And there Lydia's praying. And he runs into women, not even the man, not even the Macedonian man. I thought, man, that's, that's really unique. But through that, where he's there with Lydia, she begins to with her help, her influence, Paul, they start the, the church in Philippi. And now you could, I don't know, some people may argue this, think that one of Paul's favorite churches was this church of Philippi because he gives them great accolades a lot. If you read the book, he doesn't give them all the introductions. He was close to them. When you read the beginning of this, the book, it, he, in most books, he tells you who he was and all this and all his accolades. When in Philippi, he just, he just talks to them like, like he knew them very much, very much close. And so there he is. And the Spirit said, Paul, not Asia, but Greece. And I don't know about you, but when you're walking in the Spirit, you got to be willing to submit. you got to be willing to say, okay, God, your no is as good as a yes. So there he is. And the Spirit knows best. And I begin to think about this. While he saw the Macedonian man in his vision, it, it, and I believe this, it was for a later time because the Macedonian man that I believed that he would see would be the guard that he was chained to, that he would preach the gospel to, would be saved. And so, anyways, so later Paul would be chained to that guard. So anyway, so, so there's one. Everyone say Paul. Here's another one. Peter. All right. Go to Acts chapter 10 if you want. You can, I'm not going to read anything, but you can go there. But Peter, and this story is unique. And one of the things about the Spirit of God, when you're moving in the Spirit of God, is it, it may not always seem like normal to you. There's, some, there's sometimes it challenges our thinking. And I was reading the story, and it began to challenge my thinking. And I was like, man, Lord, that's just so weird. Why would you do things that way? And, but that's just trusting in the Spirit. So flip back to Acts chapter 10. And Peter, he's sitting on this, the roof of Simon the Tanner. And he's, he's there. 
looking out over the Mediterranean Sea and enjoying how many wish that you were on top of a roof looking out over the Mediterranean Sea right now. And that's where he is. And he's there. The scripture says that he was hungry and uh, he saw a vision. And some scriptures, some translation says he went into a trance and, and a sheet and a scroll carrying all sorts of unclean animals that had been forbidden to eat by the Jews came down and the law was given we need to understand this about the law is the law was given to push people to Jesus and it had fulfilled its job so Peter there he's there and he sees all these unclean animals and, and he hears from the Lord and the Lord says hey you're free now to eat these animals that's the reason you can go to Wendy's and get a Baconator now, all right? How many love bacon? All right, all right. Then still hungry, after, after he saw this vision, he's sitting there pondering things. It's a wonder when you're hungry and God gives you a vision about food. I thought that was, I thought that was unique. And still hungry, he's pondering on things, and the Holy Spirit poked, spoke to Peter and said, in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, he said, hey, there's three men looking for you, just so you know. And let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, he's going to give you very direct directions. You know why? He knows what he's talking about. Sees all, sees all things. And he walked downstairs to find these three men and following them. He followed them back. They stayed the night. But the next day, they, he followed them back to Cornelius' house where they were all radically converted. And I'm sure when Peter was on the rooftop, Simon the Tanner's house, the last thing he was thinking about was preaching to a bunch of Gentiles. I'm just being honest. It was probably the last thing on his mind. But he was open to the Spirit of God. And because he was open to the Spirit of God, God used him in a, in a mighty way to reach the house of Cornelius. And like Paul and like Peter, when we walk in sync with the Spirit, it led them to places beyond their wildest dreams. All right, look at this. Here's the next one. Philip, in Acts chapter 8. Go back two more chapters. We're just kind of walking backwards today. Acts chapter 8, we see there's a great revival. and Philip is preaching there in the city of Samaria and, and responding to the ministry uh, and people there are responding to the ministry of Philip. Demons fled. Souls were being saved. And joy filled the entire community. And suddenly in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, God tells Philip to leave Samaria and go to the desert. And I don't know about you. I've lived in the desert. There ain't a lot happening in the desert. I don't like leaving a good water source to go out to the desert. God was doing something in Samaria. He told Philip, hey, you need to go out here to the desert. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for you to go out there and look at this. And Philip, being obedient, he didn't question. He just went. Some of you need to stop questioning what God's telling you and just do it. All right. Sometimes obedience precedes understanding. You remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. Walking in obedience is better than what you give up being obedient to the Lord being obedient to the spirit so there's Philip and he's in Gaza and he saw an Ethiopian man in a chariot some sort of political leader or a eunuch and he was reading Isaiah and he was just having a hard time understanding it how many have struggled understanding the Bible sometimes 
You're not the only one. This guy's there. And there, it acts, uh, uh, he's reading Isaiah there. And Acts 8.30 says that Philip ran to him and began to explain the scripture to him. And the Ethiopian, he didn't understand it, but what it meant. So, so, so Philip began to explain it to him. And while going down the road, Philip is preaching to him, okay? And they see some water, and the Ethiopian eunuch wants to be baptized. And Philip asks him, hey, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart? And the Ethiopian says, yes. So they stop the chariot, they go and get in some water, and he baptizes the Ethiopian and up from the water. Check this out. The Holy Spirit grabs Philip, takes him out, the, out, out of there, and, and the, the, the Ethiopian man sitting there by himself. I don't know about you. That's weird. Some of us don't know how to explain that. Sometimes understanding that. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that the Ethiopian man, he's left there rejoicing and excited, and he just goes along his way. I don't know if the guy that just baptized me disappeared, I'd probably be like, what just happened? What just happened here? And, but he's rejoicing, and, 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 and so there he, he goes up, and Philip's away. And it's, it's crazy to me because Philip is, is moved to this town called Azotus, which is about 40 kilometers north of where he's at. So he's baptizing, then all of a sudden he's 40 miles up. I don't know. It's pretty cool when you walk in the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit. That's pretty amazing to me. And I believe what Jesus said, greater things than this shall you do, talking about himself. And I believe that what you're seeing there in Philip is those greater things. And I believe that we haven't activated that as a church and as a people of God. I believe greater things will follow us. Say, hey. Why do you always say, hey, let's get closer to God? Because here's, here's the statement that I'm going to make. Have you healed anybody with your shadow? You still, got, you still got a ways to go. Okay? We're all growing. We're all, all getting closer. So there, and so he goes 40, 40 kilometers up, and, and nothing about these stories, when I think about all these stories, seem boring or mundane. Matter of fact, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I've never been taken from one place. He just, he got on that Air Jesus plane and just went. Pretty cool. If nothing else, when we look at these stories, oftentimes we have a hard time contextualizing it. You know why? Because we're trying to do it in our own mind. and Not what the Spirit of God was doing. And in Paul, we learned that the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit's no is just as important as his yes. And it may need not turn out exactly like we pictured it. Look at this. Peter, there he is. He's chilling at a beach house. Oh, Lord, let me be like Peter, chilling at a beach house, hungry. He sees a vision, and the Spirit tells him to go downstairs, and there's three men, and that Spirit would would lead him to Cornelius' house, and they would be saved. And Philip leaves a great revival to preach the gospel and baptize one man. One man. And now, you may not see the significance of that, but still to this day, in Ethiopia, there's still a revival that's happening. Okay? I don't have time to go into that, but there's still a revival that's still happening there. And so, in this, and, and, and perhaps you'd say, hey, I'd like to walk in the Spirit, but I don't see visions of men, and, and I don't see sheets dropping down, and I don't hear voices telling me to go to Gaza or go to places, and and I agree with you in theory, Pastor. I agree with what you're saying. And life should be exciting and it should be meaningful and impacting and spirit-led. But how does that happen practically? And then let me, if you ask that question, I'm glad you asked. 
Look at this. I'm going to give you three points. I'm going to fly through these, hopefully. Hopefully. Lord willing. All right? Here's number one. The first thing we have to do if we want to be spirit-led is request. I want to say request. Jesus gave the, the key to walking, the, walking in the spirit, to walking the spirit-led life. Look at this. I'm going to show you this. Luke chapter 11, verse, verses 9. It says this. And I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It's interesting to me that ask, seek, and knock in, in the Greek here are in the perfect tense. So what does that mean for you and to me? Look, look at this. It means to ask continually, to seek continually, to knock continually. God, if you ask, Jesus is telling us that ask, A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. I love that. And it means to continually seek the Lord, continually knocking. And it's not something we do once a week at church and we've put it down to that. And it's not something that we do once a year at a retreat or a conference. And we've made it that. But what we do, it's every day we say, hey, Lord, I need your help. So, Lord, I'm asking for help today. Lord, I'm seeking what you want me to do. Lord, I'm knocking on doors to walk where you've told me to walk. Lord, I need your help, and I want to be used by you. Give me sensitivity to the Spirit. Oftentimes, we're so worried about ourselves that we've neglected the sensitivity of the Spirit. You know why God can take a person like Philip and a person like Paul and a person like Peter? Because they were sensitive to the Spirit of God. Luke 11.10 says this. I want to show you something here. There's some great truths here. Jesus, he just said, ask, seek, knock. Now look at this. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened and what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead give him a serpent last time i checked when my son asks for a fish i don't go grab a snake and say here you go buddy look at this and and uh or if he asks for an egg we'll give him a scorpion that might be just fun to do. Here you go. Here's an egg. Here's a scorpion. I'm just joking, okay? If you then are evil, talking about us, if you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give? Look at this. Look at the key here. Give the what? Give the what? Give the what? To those who ask Him. Some of you say, hey. What does it mean to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Have you and, and, and listen, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. But there's a difference between that and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, "Well, I'm scared of the Holy Spirit." Now, listen, in Pentecostal ranks, we've messed up. We focused so much on the gifts sometimes that we 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 missed the the fruit of the Spirit. It should be fruit and 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 the gifts. They should they should go together. They should work hand in hand. It's not one or the other. They're together. Okay. There's a combination there, and we've messed up and we've made it spooky and weird. I'm being real here. I'm being real. But if it's done in in in, in right and in love, let me tell you something. There's it's the real deal. It can't be counterfeited. 
Because only those moments when you come down here and you're strung out on drugs or your marriage is broken can God, Holy Spirit, change your situation in an instance. And that's the real move of God. And this is what we're, this, to get it, you got to ask. It's a gift. It's the gift that God's giving us. The, it's what he gave. And some people say, hey, that was just for the apostles then. Then why did Jesus say, hey, greater things than this shall you do? It's for us today. It, it's for us today, okay? And, and, and here's the thing. All you have to do is ask God. Ask him. Seek him. Knock. You have not because you ask not. And it kind of reminds me of my kids when they want something and they're afraid to ask me. And they'll just be like him ho around. And, Why are you hanging around, Zaley? I don't know. What do you want to ask me? Well, I was wondering, Dad. Can Braden come over? You'll not get an answer if you don't ask. No, I, I, we love Braden. Kind of. All right. First thing is request. Request. Everyone say request. Second thing right here. This, I love this. Relax. Everyone say relax. Look at your neighbor. Say relax. All right. So often we stress and we panic and we try to work in our own fleshly desires try to accomplish God's will in our lives. We try to accomplish God's will for our life. You know, how, you know how crazy that statement is? God, I'm going to accomplish your will in my life. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it happens, right? And when the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, this is what I know about the Holy Spirit. He will do all the heavy lifting if we'll just take our hands off. That's, that's what I've learned in my life, and, and all we got to do is just relax. I love that. And we, 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 Try to lead the spirit instead of walking in the spirit. That sometimes, sometimes that's us. We're just trying to lead the spirit to where we want to go. And, and God says, this is not how it works. You follow me, not the other way around. And, and I think there's a great story here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 9. We see Saul, and this is before he's the king. Not Saul, Paul, but Saul, King Saul, before David. And he's looking for his father's donkeys, struggling with this and he's just having a hard time I don't know about you how many have ever lost your father's donkeys I figure maybe some of your Springville people might be able to say yes that's happened I'm just joking I'm just joking oh we do have one no I'm just kidding all right and he had lost the livestock his father's livestock and, and Saul being the good son that he was he's, he's concerned he's like man I gotta find these donkeys I gotta go find these donkeys because my father and his dad's name was Kish pretty cool name I don't know might want to name your dog that just saying Kish the dog alright and, and he's, he's worried about how his dad's gonna respond and unable to find the lost livestock Saul was about to return home and em empty handed when he heard about a man who could help him I love this story. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, it says, in verse 18, it says, Then Saul approached Samuel in, in the gate and said, Tell me where the house of the seer is. Not talking about seers, okay? That's S-E-A-R. The seer would be a prophet. Tell me where the house of the seer. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Robux. No. Go up before me to the high place, for today you shall 
eat with me. And in the morning, I will let you go and will tell you what is on your mind. Not, not, not Samuel's mind. I'm going to tell you what's on your mind, Saul. That's pretty amazing to me. In verse 20, it, it goes on, and I, I, won't, I won't read it, but it, it, he tells him, Samuel tells Saul, he says, hey, stop worrying about the donkeys. That's all Saul's thinking about. I got to find these donkeys. These donkeys, Kish is going to be mad at me. Donkeys, 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 donkeys. And Samuel's like, forget about them. They're not important. And, and I'm going to tell you, for every New Testament principle to be led in the Spirit, for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament example. And I'm going to show you something here. This is amazing to me. Because here's Saul looking for his donkeys. We're like Saul. We're people. We want to do what's right. We're trying our best. We think we know what's best. And we're out chasing donkeys. Not sure. And, and, and then there's Samuel who is, who is a type of the Holy Spirit here who is giving guidance and direction. So Saul hears about this man, and he goes there, and he says, hey, I need your help. And Samuel says, oh, God's got a plan for you. Stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop stressing about the donkeys. And so bunches of us are searching high and low for lost donkeys in our lives and desiring to come to the Father with something of substance in our lives, and we wander aimlessly and return empty-handed time and time again. It's because we're doing it in our own flesh. We struggle with the job. We struggle with the house. We struggle with the career, a relationship. While those things seem important, they're really just donkeys compared to the bigger issue. I'm going to show you something here. In comparison to the kingdom of God, your job is not eternal. When you die, all the money that you've made from your job will not go to the grave. Well, you could take it to the grave, but it's not going to be any good. Those things are temporal, but let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is eternal, and there's, there's a perspective here. When we walk in the Spirit, our perspective changes. Saying, TJ, should I quit my job? No. Don't be dumb. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. I didn't say that. It's what Scripture says. Okay? So... So you, you got to be wise. you got to know what the Scripture says. you got to put it up against the Scripture. But listen, sometimes we, we focus so much on the donkeys in our lives that we're missing the big picture here. Are you following me? The Lord calls us to significant service to touch people's lives and impact the world. And the Holy Spirit is saying, just like Samuel said to Saul, stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop talking about it, Saul. Knock it off. I know what's right, and I know where they are. This is crazy. This story is pretty amazing to me. Look, so Saul, he stops worrying about the donkeys, and he goes forward. And, and, and this is amazing to me because then he goes to the table, and he fellowships with Samuel. How many, when's the last time you, you, you came to the table and fellowshiped with the Holy Spirit? You 
He's obedient here. I love this about Saul. Now, Saul made some mistakes later in life. But in this moment, his motives are 100% pure. He is being obedient to what the prophet's telling him. And he's like unsure. And he's like, I'm really worried about my donkeys. And Samuel's like, stop worrying about the donkeys. Matter of fact, come here. We're going we're gonna to feed you. But look at this. We have a bed set up for you. And one of the things about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will lead you to a place of rest In a place of substance. When you feel weak in your spirit, he'll give you rest and he'll give you substance. So everyone say, relax. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about trying to make things happen in your time and in your power, but let the spirit of God lead you. I'm going to ask the, the rest of the worship team to come. Here's the last thing I want to I leave with you today. Everyone say, receive. Receive. So what happened when, when Saul went to Samuel's table? This is what happened in chapter 10. Samuel tells him, stand. While he's at the table eating with Samuel, they gave him the choice cut of meat is what it says. They gave him the tomahawk ribeye. Man, I wish I was Saul right now. All right, look. And so there he is, and, he, and, and Samuel tells him to stand. And when he began to stand, Scripture tells us that he began to anoint him with oil. Saul, you were worried about donkeys, but you didn't realize that God was going to use you to lead a nation you're so busy focusing on these things and God's like there's something bigger there's something better there's something greater you just got to request relax here's the last thing just receive everyone say it again say receive how many times are we worked up about the donkeys in our lives Do you want to walk in the anointing? You want to walk in the anointing in your life? No? No? Okay. Some of you do. I know this is a little bit different, but I believe that God's doing something. I believe that God's going to do something in some lives. Do what Saul did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Paul did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Peter did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Philip did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Lay your agenda aside. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. S sounds so simple, right? Some of us are like, man, that's so hard. That's so tough. And, and go to the table that God has given you and meet him at the table and say, God, nourish me with the word of the Lord. He'll give you the prime cut of, of scripture and let you gnaw on that, the best of the best. Can I tell you, this is the best right here. If you gnaw on this, this will, will, will sustain you. It will keep you, and he'll give you rest. And, and he wants to commune with, he wants you to commune with him at his table. And stand still in his presence and receive his anointing. In verse 2 in, in chapter 10, Samuel says, not only does God have bigger plans for you, Saul, those donkeys you were so worried about. I like how God works here. Saul was completely worried about the donkeys. Samuel like, okay, we have anointed you king. One last thing. This is how cool God is. He just buttons things up. He's like, you know those donkeys you're really worried about? Guess what? They've already been found. Already been squared away. Matter of fact, your dad's more concerned about where you are right now than where the donkeys are. And I love this because if you read this in chapter 10, Samuel gives him very, very precise 
directions. And let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He will give you precise directions. It won't be, it won't be obscure. You'll know that you know that you know. He says, hey, Rachel's tomb, you'll find two men there. And he gives them some instructions, and, and there they are. And then he says, hey, the donkeys are taken care of. And when we begin to walk in the Spirit of God, and when we begin to be led by the Spirit of God, when we chew on his word, when we're anointed by, 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 by the Spirit of God, and we're walking and we're stopping and we're staying in step with the Spirit, guess what? All the donkeys that we're concerned about are taken care of. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. If we're going to do it, let's do it. I like this because in every moment, in every moment, do you want, do you want the key to success right here? In every moment of your life, life, put the kingdom of God first. Put it first. My problem is, and your problem is, we put it behind our family and behind our job. But if the kingdom of God is number one, things fall into line. That's the way it works. All we have to do is request, ask, seek, knock. Hey, Lord, I need you to lead me by your Holy Spirit. I need you to guide me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I haven't been filled with your Holy Spirit, but Lord, will you give me the gift of the Holy Spirit? Will you lead and guide me? I want to know what, what, what pastor's talking about. Like, Philip, will you just use me in that way? Will you use me to reach my coworkers? Will you use me to heal the sick, Lord? I'm willing. Ask, seek, knock. Relax. Stop trying to do it all in your own power. It's not about you. It's about Him. Put the kingdom of God first. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Last thing, receive. Open your heart. Watch the Spirit of God move in. Now begin to think about this, and I won't keep you too much longer here. Everyone said amen. I saw who all said amen. As I was going over this word and Walking in the Spirit of God, following His leading. I begin to think about how I got here to this place. And I begin to think where I came from. Many of you don't know this. Some of you may know this. I came, I came from California, and I was serving in California and doing, I was fine. I was content doing what I was doing had it set the way I liked it, the way in my own powers, controlled. And I began to just sense in my heart that God was doing something in me, transforming me, changing me. Got the call, hey, would you be interested in coming here? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. I don't know if I have the ability. I don't know if I have the strength to do that. There's a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs. But as I begin to just pray about it, God just begin to just say, hey, just follow my steps. Just follow my steps. And I begin to be obedient. And I thought, well, I'll send a resume. And then I got a call back. I just begin to follow his steps. And I was like, God. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I remember coming here, and I wasn't 100% sure about coming here. And the day that I came here, I, I, told, I told the board, I said, I don't think I'm going to be ready to make an answer that night. And I remember after, after, after preaching Sunday morning, and I remember coming in here on, on a Sunday night, and I remember going back there and talking to my family. And things were revealed to me in that moment that, hey, your steps are ordered. So don't worry about your donkeys. 
Don't worry about where you're going to live. Don't worry about all this. I got you in the palm of my hand. There's something about walking in the spirit that's so freeing, that's so awesome. And I want that for you today. Listen to me with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. I want to give you a moment to respond to the spirit of God. And I believe he's ordering your steps. And I believe that he's got you in the palm of his hand. And maybe you've just neglected to ask and neglected to seek. Maybe you did and you didn't get the answer you wanted. Scripture says continually asking, continually seeking, continually knocking. And maybe you're worried about all the donkeys and all the situations. Can I tell you this? God's saying, relax. I've got this. Today, he's saying, receive. You're here, and I want to give you the chance to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I know this isn't really a salvation army. I just, or a salvation sermon, not an army. Salvation sermon. I don't know why I said that. But the Spirit of God, you, you felt the Spirit of God in this service. I want to give you a chance to know Him. And that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit speaking to you today. Say, hey, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. With no one looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. You want to know Jesus, lift up your hand. Anybody in the building? Thank you. Anybody else? Will you do this? Will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the grave. You ascended to heaven. And you sit at the the Father's right hand. Lord, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I confess with my mouth, Lord, all my sins, all my shortcomings, and all my failures. Lord, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that salvation today. Maybe you're here and you felt the Spirit this whole service. Can I tell you, to walk in the Spirit of God is the most freeing thing to do. Maybe you're struggling with direction. Maybe you're struggling with situations. Can I tell you something? God's saying, come. So what I want to do today, I'm going to do something different than I've done before. I'm going to open the altars. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I I think this is a moment between you and God. Just say, hey, I'll I'll be man or I'll be woman enough to know that I I maybe haven't walked in the Spirit's leading like I should. And I'm I'm willing to say, hey, I I need to take a step forward today. I need to ask God to forgive me. I need to ask God to to help me. I need need the Lord's direction in my life. Listen. So with that, they're going to sing this song. And I'm going to open up these altars. If you you feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit come down here, I need some people to come help me pray. If there's some board members that can help me pray with some of these people, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you. They're going to sing this song, and you might be there, and you say, hey, everything's hunky-dory in my life. Praise the Lord for it. They're going to sing this song. Come on, let's declare the goodness of God today.
Let's declare his goodness today. Come on, let's declare his goodness. today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Thank you, Jesus. How many are going to walk in the spirit this week? So if you want to sit, you can. Um, the giving boxes, if you're paying, uh, giving tithes and offering with cash or check, there are giving boxes right outside each door and one upstairs. Beyond the Broken Heart is our grief ministry led by Katie Banks. That is this Tuesday, May 4th at 7 p.m. here at the church. And then on Thursday, May 6th at 7 p.m. is our Healing Hearts ministry. That's for women who have experienced any type of abuse this Thursday at 7. 
We have a church work day on May 15th at 9 a.m. There's plenty for all of us to do, so that's for men and women alike. The Royal Rangers Development Academy is June 3rd through the 6th. It's $90, and there's a $30 deposit due today. If you have any questions or need information, you can see David Bush. He's right there. He'll wave at us. That's David. Um, The Ignite pizzas that were going to be made this weekend, there was a little delay on that because our church was being used for um, funerals this weekend. So those will be a little bit delayed. The teenagers that you purchased and ordered pizzas from will let you know when the pizzas are ready to be delivered. If you still need to pay for a pizza, you can pay for that at the information desk today. BBS is June 7th through the 11th. Um, You, yes, that's exciting. Um, You can register and purchase t-shirts online, and if you'd like to volunteer, you can sign up at the information desk this morning. There's plenty for everyone to do. We'd love to have you here. Reboot Summer Camp in in Kentucky this summer is July 26th through 29th. That's going to be our kids and our teens. The t-shirts are $10. There's a $50 deposit due May 16th for the early bird amount. Finally, don't forget that tomorrow evening from 6 to 8, the church will be open for prayer. So be thinking about your fasting and join us in prayer on Monday nights if you're able. Have a very blessed Sunday.